wrestling is a girl thing too. Deal with it. Welcome to Girl Talk with Gabby, a weekly wrestling podcast where I discuss everything happening in the WWE and beyond. I'm sorry about no episode last week. I recorded one, and it was, it was actually, it was okay, it was solidly okay, but then I forgot to charge my laptop, and when I opened it back up again, it said it recovered the file, and I was like, yay! But then I, I looked at it, and it did recover the file, but it did not recover any of the audio with it. So then I was like, you know what? I don't have the energy to talk about this again. I'll just wait until next week. In the meantime, you guys did get an episode of the Hot Tags on the Fans podcast. That's my other podcast, which you should definitely check out. So you guys were winners in the end, and I was a loser. So that's how this worked. I am coming at you guys from my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee, which means I am home, which means my dad is invading my podcast. Hello, McFly. Hello. What do you think you are, Dean Ambrose? No, we just watched Back to the Future. Yeah, true, whatever. Okay, well, here, lean in closer to the mic. Come on, come on, you gotta gotta commit to this, Dad. Whoa, no, what are you doing? I'm sorry if you hear any weird noises in the background. He's eating a a Cliff bar. Shout out to Cliff. Do you want to... Sponsor my podcast? That'd be cool. Okay, enough dancing around. Today we are going to recap Monday Night Raw and also give our Extreme Rules predictions. That's a thing. Extreme Rules is this Sunday. I am going to be watching it, not from my laptop, but from an actual television. God bless America. Okay, so let's get started. Okay, Monday Night Raw opened up just the way I like it to with AJ Styles. That's the way to keep people tuning in to Raw. You know, if you ask me, AJ Styles uh, cut a promo about how he's tired of being called a liar, how he doesn't need Anderson and Gallows to win the championship. But he he also (laughs) he mocked Reigns' new slogan about not being a good guy or a bad guy. And he promised that, uh, you know, he was going to take home the championship by any means necessary. Naturally, he was interrupted by Roman Reigns. The two exchanged words and then their uh, lackeys all came out and dragged them apart. A match was set for later. Classic. It was, but whenever you have the Usos involved in anything, it always brings the whole program down. But you know what I did enjoy about this? I liked, uh, I really appreciate this crowd because uh, you could tell when Reigns was talking, you could hear, we want Rollins, and then it got so loud to the point where he actually acknowledged it and said, Look, Rollins ain't here. I am. And it was it was great. But you know what? Um, what I wrote in my blog, I said uh, Reigns' arrogance is really kind of fitting him like a glove. And the more that he just acknowledges and soaks up the booze, the better. Because when, when you have them try to ignore the booze, then it just looks tone deaf, you know? Well, it does. But then again, you know, Roman Reigns is your champion and he's got no skill set. <laughs> he's got a, a, a punch and a spear. So how does that win you a championship nowadays? The spear is one of the most protected finishers in the entire WWE right now. Just imagine this, guys. The Styles Clash has been kicked out of about three times. Meanwhile, the spear basically finishes matches. Might as well do a a backward somersault for a pin. Stop it. Stop it. My dad has an uncanny dislike for Apollo Crews. Okay, so after this, the first match of the night was a great way. WWE does too, because I haven't seen him in three weeks. He's on Superstars and Main Event. I don't know why they called him up. Okay, 
Moving on. <laughs> Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. And this match, they kind of just, you know, were teasing the waters a little bit, but it didn't get too far because chaos broke out. And then they set up what I thought was a really creative match. I was really excited to see this because I love it when WWE kind of plays with the dynamics a bit. At first, uh, Shane McMahon came out when everyone was fighting and set up Sami Zayn and Cesaro versus Kevin Owens and The Miz. And I was like, oh, well, that's... We've seen this already. But then Stephanie came out and switched it around to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against The Miz and Cesaro. And we all know the real reason they did this is because I think uh, Sami Zayn teaming with Kevin Owens is kind of what everyone never knew they kind of wanted. You know what's great about that match, though? Hmm. Yeah, four guys who are world-class performers... And not one of them spears or does a back <laughs> backflip somersault to, for a pin. That's awesome. That was, those four are just fabulous. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I've given so much crap to The Miz for a long time, but he's been doing a lot of his best work in this program. If you, did not, if you just started watching the WWE, you would think that The Miz has always been a, a headliner, and he has really upped his game. Yeah, definitely. He's better right now than he was when he main evented WrestleMania. Hard to believe. Go figure, right? <laughs> I've always said this. I love it when rivals are forced to tag together. I remember uh, the first time AJ Styles and Chris Jericho teamed up back when they were still feuding. Not Y2J, uh, Y2AJ, but when they kind of teamed up against their will. I thought that was hilarious. And it's always great watching Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in particular, whenever they would tag each other in, they would like hit each other. <laughs> and they would like yell at each other. And it was great. It was a great dynamic to kind of see. And I love the ending where they kind of just all laid each other out. Yeah, those are fun to watch. But the reason I don't like tag teams, especially those that are Like fixed, singles feuds. Yeah. You basically know what's gonna happen. Yeah. You can basically map out what's going to happen, and then at the very end when all chaos is breaking out, each one does the finishing move on the other, and one man left standing. That's happened several times already, so I'm sort of just waiting for that to happen again, and they didn't disappoint. It happened again. Yeah, but at least it was a... The match itself was fresh, and I liked it, and... It was different, but I just have a deep dislike for tag team wrestling when the teams are not actually a tag team. I was about to say, if you don't like tag team wrestling, this is going to be really awkward when I talk about my, my other podcast. Speaking of tag teams, following this segment, the Shining Stars finally made their debut against local competitors. Now, these squash matches, we haven't seen this kind of thing in a long time. That used to be kind of normal. Just, you know, two random guys who got a one-off deal to showcase the Shining Stars. You know, come to Puerto Rico, the Shining Star of the Caribbean. This was so underwhelming, it hurts me. It... I thought I was watching a commercial still. Yeah, well, I mean, because, like, they've been showing us these vignettes for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the first time I saw it, it was the Raw after WrestleMania. I remember thinking it was a commercial. I didn't realize it was a vignette. And then when they kept happening, I kind of realized what was going on. But, um, I just... I'm just I don't waiting for the next uh, mixed tag teams with, um, FarmersOnly.com what? Uh, actors. <laughs> Shining starts, please. And uh, this was just, it was very underwhelming. And I feel like, I mean, they've been teasing this for so long. And honestly, I prefer Primo and Epico to go back to Los Matadores over this. Because, I mean, what are they going to do in such a, a crowded tag team division where you have you have Enzo and Cass, the Vaudevillains, the New Day, the Dudley Boys. It's just, just, just even but, Golden Truth, you know? like. But to the Shining Stars credit, they do make a cute couple. They're cousins. 
That's why. Dad. Okay. Okay, another thing that I mentioned this uh, before, but I'm go- I think it bears repeating. Did WWE not have any other name for their finishing move other than the Shining Star? Um, Apollo Crews? It's a standing moonsault. I'm not talking about the... Shut up. I'm not talking about the move itself. I'm talking about the name. Like, there was nothing else they could have done? Nothing Um, else? Well, it could have been worse. It could have been... They could have been called the Ascension. Oh, that's so sad. That's a sad story, too. The tag team division, there's so many highs and lows. I just... It's hard to keep track. There's no in between. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Following this segment, Dean Ambrose came out, called Jericho out. Jericho came out, and uh, he said he wasn't interested in talking and just demanded an apology. And then Ambrose challenged Chris Jericho to a match at Extreme Rules. Of course, Chris Jericho accepted because, you know, duh. And Ambrose revealed that he was going to face Jericho in the first ever Asylum match. Did you see some of that weird stuff that was hanging above that steel cage? They had a mop and a bucket, a straight jacket, a barbed wire 2x4, which you know they're not going to use because blood's not PG. They had uh, potted plants, which I appreciated. Um, Just all this weird stuff. Do you think that this is setting us up for disappointment? Because when you remember the build-up to Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, we were so excited, and they were teasing it to be this huge, gigantic encounter, and then it ended up disappointing. It's going to be that way because this is WWE's version of um, ECW all over again. You know, it's actually a, it's a direct ripoff of a TNA. Uh, I think it's a lockdown match or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's basically right out of TNA, which should kind of hint at. Which hinted at ECW yeah. at the start. But they have slowly but surely made Dean Ambrose their Mick Foley for this age, for this time. And I hope they don't go there. I hope they don't make him like their extreme guy because it looks like he's going down that path. And I feel like if you're going to make someone your extreme guy, you let him be extreme. Even if it's like fake blood or something. Like That's why, honestly, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view is always <laughs> setting up for disappointment because, you know, There's how, ex- extreme, how extreme can you get when you're PG? And I- I'm not railing against PG. I think PG has kind of forced WWE to take a more creative approach to how they build rivalries other than, you know, penis jokes. But, you know. Yeah, but I don't like extreme rules are setting them up where false count anywhere which is fine it's kind of it's just putting the wrestlers in an impossible situation almost you know so i'm just waiting for them to start having barbed wire uh a barbed wire match you know that's back in ecw that was a great match yeah you can bear to watch it you should uh try watching some of these death matches from japan i made the mistake of checking some out and i regretted it because i could not eat for like the rest of the afternoon it's terrifying it's terrifying yeah that's and we're not getting to predictions yet. After this, we had Dana Brooke versus <laughs> Becky Lynch. Dana Brooke is looking really good in the ring. She's definitely improved a lot over the past year. I know you haven't gotten to see her grow because you don't watch NXT regularly, only when I force you to. But I think that it's it's a it's a real shame that Emma's injured. But I think that uh, well, you want to know what the real shame is? What that they be, that Becky Lynch has become the jobber. For these uh, new girls coming up? It's not... No, it's not that. It is They're that. setting up a feud. Of course, she... And she won by dirty means. Becky Lynch will never win another match against um, any girl who starts coming up into the... Uh, no, when you want to think about who's a jobber for upcoming talent, 
it's not Becky Lynch, it's Paige, because Becky Lynch is involved in the storyline. Paige is just brought in to lose, which is a shame. Yeah, it is, because Natty should be in that role. Dad. She should. Dad, we're not we're not doing that right now. Okay, well, we'll we're do not it later. doing that right now. Okay, we'll do it later. Oh my goodness, um, this was a good match. It wasn't given too much time, but it it was good. Uh, Dana Brooke has improved her striking game a lot. She has a good intensity in the ring. Becky Lynch is still massively over. I'm hoping this leads to an Extreme Rules match. Uh, not Extreme Rules rules match, but like at least something in the kickoff show because I think the only thing keeping WWE from truly embracing this women's wrestling revolution that was started in NXT is their lack of women's feuds outside of the title picture that are substantial. Because when you look at NXT, you had several women's storylines going on and they were all treated just as regular storylines. And then, of course, you had the championship storyline. But well, when you're when you're not pushing Sasha Banks into any any match at Extreme Rules, then you're hurting the whole division entirely. It is a shame, and I think I honestly think that was their plan was to bring Sasha into the feud because when it, I think it was going to be a tag match with Emma and Dana versus Becky and Sasha, but then Emma hurt her back. By the way, everyone, apparently her surgery went well, and uh, she is on the road to recovery. It's probably going to be a long road because back injuries are no joke. But uh, I wish her the best, and I hope she comes back soon. Yeah. I don't know what Emma brings to the table. She's um looks like a goth girl. Dad. And, okay. But anyways, I'm <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Um I'm more of a big fan I'm I'm more of a fan of the four horsewomen because I think they bring more to the table than some of the others, most of the others, all of the others. <laughs> but that's just me. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, after this, we finally got the debut, uh, five months in the making, of the Golden Truth versus, I like this name, Febreze, they called them. Febreze, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze. <laughs> Those are four of the most wasted talent that they have ever had. It's sad. It's kind of sad because <clears throat> in, in my perfect world, the real focus of this would be uh, Fandango and Tyler Breeze, not two wrestlers past their primes. But I will say I, I did enjoy the little vignette they aired beforehand, kind of like portraying their feud, like not their feud, uh, the growing storyline with like romantic sitcom music. It was it seemed very self-aware and that was very amusing to me. That being said, we had half a year of buildup to see Golden Truth lose in their debut match. And I see some people saying, well, it's storytelling. It's showing them working out the kinks in their relationship and stuff. Dude, this storyline should have ended, or at least come to a head long ago. What's Tyler Breeze doing in WWE anyways? They felt sorry for him in NXT, so they said, hey, you paid your dues. Come on up. He is to- a total waste of time. Are you serious? Don't get me wrong. I like the guy, but his character does not work in the main roster full of um, ultra-athletic guys. Well, that's the thing. He is ultra-athletic. He's just not allowed to be that way because he's being booked as a perennial jobber. Well, you know, it's hard to take a guy with a um, selfie stick seriously. Well, the point is, is that he he is... He can be vicious and conniving despite the fact that he's, like, just super vain and self-absorbed. It's... It's not working. It's a generational gap. That's what this is. Okay. It's not working. You're old. Um, after this... Uh, the New Day came to the ring, and, um, (laughs) they did their little time machine segment. I love this. I think one of the funniest things I've ever seen was Kofi Kingston emerging to his old Jamaican theme music and saying, No! Leave me here! 2009 was my best year! And it really was. As a singles competitor, 2009 was Kofi's best year. And then they continued going back in time in a time machine made out of a refrigerator box. (laughs) 
uh, to the quote-unquote bygone era only to be ambushed by the vaudevillains. Now, uh, something I, uh, I say a lot about uh, the current uh, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, Club, Usos, whatever feud is that it's overexposed. It's the same thing over and over again and it makes it tired, whereas if they kind of just saved saved it and let it build a little, just a little less in a way, then we would be more excited for these matches. This is the opposite. I like the build-up to the New Day versus the Vaudevillains because they're not overexposing us to this and they're not directly just giving it to us week after week after week, you know? True. True. Um, there's something about the Vaudevillains I, I like and dislike. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm still on the fence with those guys. I guess they're doing their job right. <laughs> they there are very talented guys. Um I I I say this I've said this every week since they debuted. I honestly thought they would crash and burn, but they're not, and I'm very pleasantly surprised by that. So what I, is it? Is it because they're brawling thespians? It's, it's I mean, wow. Well, you know, Aiden English is a a trained performer. I've heard him sing, yeah. W-W-E. Well, that was funny. That was funny. You got to admit, that was funny. You didn't want to laugh, but you did anyways. I, I think that's... I laughing. I was crying. <laughs> okay, you know, talking about overexposure, after this, we got Anderson and Gallows versus the Usos. Hey, guys, guess what? This is going to be a match at Extreme Rules, and they gave it to us on Raw. <laughs> Why? You know what? I don't understand. Um... I have this love affair with WCW from back in the day, long time ago. I've always enjoyed that programming because... Early WCW before Vince Russo, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bischoff days what I, is what I really enjoyed. Yeah. <clears throat> and the way they, they handled NWO. NWO, throughout their whole existence, never showed any weakness. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Whereas you have the Usos, who's more cartoonish than any other team out there, <laughs> going against Gallows and Anderson, who looks like they belong as part of NWO because of the club. They're associated with the club. Bullet Club. I refuse and, to call them the club. And now they're, they get it handed to them every week by two cartoon characters called... And Roman Reigns takes them both out so weekly. I, I I just don't understand how um, how they're booking these guys because out of all the new people, Vaudevillains I bet can beat uh, Gallows and Anderson at this point. Yeah, because Gallows and Anderson is probably the the two weakest guys on the roster now. Which is a shame because when you look at the way they were booked back in Japan, they were booked as the new NWO. That's they're that's basically what they are. They're this generation's NWO, and they were booked. The Bullet Club was booked as this uh, this dominant, unrepentant faction, and it worked. It worked so well. I mean, just look at t-shirt sales. Like, they became a worldwide phenomenon. You see them now? They're in Ring of Honor. They're in WWE. They're in New Japan. They're just, they're everywhere that it counts. They're in NXT, too. Finn Balor's there. Yeah, but they're moving to the Usos. Yeah, that's my point. It it just it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand this whole 50-50 booking philosophy. They might as well be losing to Ascension. It's just... You have the Usos lose week after week before they're pulled into this uh, storyline, and then suddenly they're good again. Oh, I hate the Usos. It's just it doesn't make sense to me. And I, you know, I used to be an Usos fan. I really yeah, did. Yeah, I remember that. But I got sick of it because they just got stale and they got boring. And now that they're involved in this and they're beating what has to be one of the 
hottest coming into the WWE. They were one of the hottest tag teams in the entire world. And then this happens and it's, it just seems like a waste and they should be doing more than just being glorified lackeys to AJ Styles. Yeah, they, they really should be coming in. They should be doing what they did when they first came in. Jumping out. Beating people up. Yeah, two on one, three on two, just beating people up. Like what the Shield did. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were near spotless in their record, you know? They were booked exactly as a faction should be booked. They beat freaking Evolution, and then you come in and you bring in Anderson and Gallows, and then you have them lose to the Usos? I just, I don't understand. Yeah, my fault lose to a couple comic book characters. But you know what? On the bright side, what this Raw did give us was AJ Styles hitting the Styles Clash on Roman Reigns on a steel chair. That was so satisfying to see. Yeah, which means that that's not We're gonna not going to see it at Extreme Rules, no. No, if that was going to be like the, the, the defining moment of their feud, they would have saved that for Extreme Rules, but at least we did get to see it. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. I wish he would have done it to Jimmy and Jay as well because, you know, it's a bunch of um, mid, mid-20s, early 30-year-old guys who think that they're 17-year-old kids. <laughs> All right. After this match, we had Big Cass versus a Dudley boy of his choosing. Not his choosing, of their choosing, which turned out to be Devon Dudley. Uh, Big Cass cut a great promo, you know, as you would expect him to. On the Dudleys, he likened Devon to Urkel and Bubba Ray to Fred Flintstone. And then uh, before he could call them soft, Devon and Bubba Ray came out revealing Devon to be the opponent for the night. Big Cass finished him off in like no time at all and then called them soft. Um, Big Cass, um, you have a feeling that they're, they're doing this to him just to keep him in the spotlight until Enzo comes back. Yes. But I wish it never happens. I wish Enzo don't come back. Dad! I, Enzo is holding Cass back. That is not Cass true. Cass is the star in the waiting. Enzo is elevating Cass. How can Enzo elevate Cass? Have you listened to that man on the mic? Yeah, have you seen him in the ring? Yeah, he's good. He's awful. Are you kidding me? So he gets beat up. He's about the size. He's he's about the size of Callisto. No, he's smaller than Callisto probably. And he is Big Cass should be a singles wrestler. He should be. No. Um, I think Big Cass can be a singles wrestler in the future, but I think right now that they tag team, man, tag team. Enzo and Cass are the hottest tag team. Yeah, That's not villains. the New Day. Bod villains are now. No, they're not. When you look at, like, I'm talking about as for popularity-wise, do you see a bunch of people buying vaudevillain shirts? Nothing against vaudevillains, I love you. Well, but in the WWE world, they're, the Usos are hotter than them, even though they're not. Um, Anderson and Gallows should be. Well, can you ima- imagine this? Imagine this, okay? Enzo and Cass need to win the tag team titles. No, they don't. Yes, they do, because they deserve it. Enzo and Cass needs to break up. No! You are, be... you are, no, you are, you are so wrong. Cass needs to be feuding with Baron Corbin. That's what needs to happen. No. Yes. No, no. And Enzo needs to be feuding with himself. Are you kidding me right now? What does he bring to the table besides, besides a mouth? It's just, it's uh, just, uh, uh, they, they, uh, they work well uh, together. Uh, are you, are uh, you done? Stop doing that okay, to me. Sorry. Wow. It's just, they work well together and it, it, the duo works it works and if you actually took the time to watch NXT you would see why I said that because when you think about it Enzo has helped Cass grow 
especially as a guy on the mic and with just charisma in general. Okay, let him be, let him, let him take a microphone full time and just go be at it. it. Let him be his manager. I can see that happening in the future, but for now, I want to see them win the tag team titles because when you think about a tag team renaissance happening, you need multiple teams that can carry that torch. And right now, if if they finally bring Anderson and Gallows away from this stupid feud, then... Who's, who, are those, uh, who are those two in NXT right now who's um, the champions? American Alpha. If Enzo comes back, okay, I will root for Enzo to come back for anything to keep American Alpha from coming to... Oh, America. what? Are you serious right now? Those guys are sorry. Are you... What? Yeah. They are the most overacting NXT right now. Overacting act. Probably. No, no. Yes. Do you watch them? I've seen them twice and they don't do it for me. I honestly think you're just being this way to make me angry. No, no, seriously. I'm, I'm not the only one who thinks this. You are just about I, when you look at the internet it. wrestling community, you are basically. I'm going to have I'm going to have people tearing down the doors after What are the names? What is what are those guys names? Jason Jordan and Chad Gable? Yeah, sorry. Oh my god. Alright, after this we had Kalisto versus Alberto Del Rio in a rematch none of us wanted to see. But on the bright side, we got to see Rusev ambush Sin Cara backstage and then drag his limp body to ringside to distract Kalisto. Rusev is on the upswing, I'm thinking. They finally brought him back to being the bully. Which he should have been this whole time. And it would have been nice for him to feud with Big Cass. All right, moving on. The main event of Raw was not a match. Instead, it was a women's segment. First off, heck yes, a women's segment closing out Raw. What a time to be alive. It was a contract signing, but there are issues. Yeah. My, nope, 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 nope. You're waiting. My podcast. My issue with this is that they are putting, especially if you look at the vignette they aired before this segment, they are putting way too much focus on it being a heart versus flair thing when they can very easily build this feud off of just the two girls themselves. Well, first thing they need to do is is, oh, um, no. is wipe that stupid smile off of Natty's face. Why? Once they do that, everything will be what fine. What do you have against Natalia? Um, nothing. <laughs> you have, she, I think, one, two, three, four. She's the fifth best women's wrestler right now okay so if you count nxt she's the sixth best one no seventh best one you think about bailey and oscar yes <laughs> so all of a sudden because of what happened uh, two months ago because she was the only one who stood up to to charlotte by saying i used to respect you blah 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 and then all of a sudden you do deserve a title shot even though you're the seventh best female wrestler in well, wwe I mean, slash nxt dad this is a filler feud you know it should be a filler match what a waste of time give me something that i that give me something that the public wants to see i mean people like natty like well do you want me to give like actual names i don't know i only know what i see on like my twitter feed and in like facebook comments and I, I sound like such a millennial right now but it's true general reactions to natty people like her and she has been working so hard for all of these years toiling in the worst years so, of women's wrestling so has tyler breeze but does it equate to deserving a shot this is different no because he was toiling also no this is no. The way that women were treated in WWE up till about a year ago was atrocious. You can agree with this. Okay. Natty was a good wrestler who wasn't given any opportunities. She won the Divas Championship once, but then she was given a gimmick where she farted all the time. I kid you not. And she was treated like a joke despite being at the time. Despite I can see why they would do that to her. No, no, no. At the time, she was the best 
wrestler in the women's division. AJ Lee? This is before that. She's been in the she's been she's been with WWE for a long time. And AJ Lee got what she deserved. So she Well, she actually AJ Lee deserved better as well. So she's just a sympathetic um, opponent. Well, she's getting the shot that she should have gotten years ago. And you know what? Well, yes. where is Ric Flair? Maybe he should deserve a title shot for all what? the work he did years ago. No, this is that is such what? That's such a non sequitur. What are you even doing right now? I'm just saying what the public feels. No, you're not. You, you are not the public, Dad. No, but a lot more people think this way than than they're willing to say. I'm just gonna say what they what they feel. Uh huh. Where is Sasha? Where is Becky? Becky Where, had a match. You know. Okay, look. Paige look. is a better wrestler. Look. Where? I I okay. I think that you're frustrated. Where's Bailey, Dad. Where's Oscar, Dad. Number seven. Oh my God. Front and center. Dad, Psst. can okay. you stop for just one second? Yes. Okay. Think a little. All right. Thinking hard. Okay. Bailey and Oscar are carrying the women's division in NXT. They need Bailey to stay there until at least they can build up Oscar to be the top baby face there. They need they need her there for now. She will be coming up in time. I personally. Wanted her to come up after WrestleMania, but it doesn't really work out the same way if Sasha's not champion. Sasha should have been champion at WrestleMania. That didn't happen, so they're saving Sasha's victory for SummerSlam, which is next best thing. I'm okay with that. Do I think Sasha should be on TV? Obviously, yes. She should be building her way back up to title contention. Do I think that Becky Lynch should have gotten a title shot first? Yeah, I kind of do. But on the other hand, it's nice to see her carrying her own feud that doesn't have to do with the title because that's something the women's division has needed for a while. Paige already feuded with Charlotte. It would be too soon to have them feud again and just magically switch face heel roles. Well, how about a Paige-Sasha feud? Yeah, sure. Okay. That would have been great. But? I'm not in charge. Instead, you have Natty. Well, this is the title shot. This is a completely different thing. Natty and Charlotte have great in-ring chemistry. They put on a fantastic match that got very, very good reviews at Roadblock. So, of course, it makes sense to Creative to put her in title contention while they wait on giving Sasha her shot for a bigger stage. Do I think Sasha should be on TV in the interim? Of course I do. But, you know, I don't make all the decisions. I don't make any decisions. I'm a fan. Let's liken this to boxing. There's a number seven... Dad, this isn't no. boxing. This is sports entertainment. As much as I hate calling wrestling that, it's a it's it's a soap opera, Dad. It doesn't yeah. always make sense like that. And this does not make sense. Okay. You said it yourself. My 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 issue with this is doesn't have anything to do with your irrational hatred of Natty. It has to do with the fact that they are building this feud around Ric Flair and Bret Hart. No, they're not. The Flairs and the Hearts. Yes. I think that is a disservice to the two women. I think it's a disservice to the two men. Dad. It is. Dad. Bret Hart is recovering from from his from a serious illness. He should have never. They should have never put him on the, on on TV. Um. Ric Flair, well past his prime, and you're trying to bring up the past to elevate these women, which they don't really need. They don't need it. That's that's my point. So it's it's a disservice to to everyone involved, really. Yeah, to Rick and um, Brett's years of hard work. Well, now you know, WWE just, has never exactly been the best when it dragging, comes to giving just Brett. Dragging their names down. Although these two women can. They can carry a feud. That's my point. Th- these two women can carry a feud on their own easily. But you know, you have Natty, so. I guess you do what you need to do. Dad. What? Oh, my God. Okay, that is it for Raw. Okay, so in the kickoff show, we have Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler in a no-DQ match. Baron Corbin has to win this. 
Oh, he'll win it because um, Corbin's already lost enough times where nobody's taking his Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal seriously. Anymore. I don't know why they can't just use that right. They never have for year for last year. They're not going to this year or next year. It's a shame. It's the way it looks like Baron Corbin got lucky to have won it because he's not uh, he's not main event material right now. Although he did survive the Battle Royal and eliminated all these guys, but now all of a sudden he can barely beat Dolph Ziggler. I think, yeah, I definitely think he should have won at Payback. He should, he's so, he's good. And you know, I, I, I'm, should be. I'm always presenting myself as a huge fan of like people who toil it in the indies before coming to WWE, but uh, Baron Corbin is a homegrown talent. He learned his craft at NXT and I'm a huge fan of what he does. I love his character. I think it's very uh, intriguing. I love his entrance. I say this every time I talk about him, but his entrance is just so freaking cool. And I think that he has the potential to be a good heel. And WWE is needing heels. Like, their babyface roster right now is pretty loaded. And they need more heels to go up against them properly other than just, you know, jobber heels. Like They need they need to really get two guys who can feud for years and years to come. And that guy's big cast. Like it or not, that's true. Okay. Extreme Rules. <laughs> the actual matches. We have Gals and Anderson versus the Udus- versus the Usos in a Texas Tornado match. Do you know what that is? Yeah, we're all four are fighting at the same time. Yes. Please. Who do you have winning? Um, Anderson and Gallows. I yeah, I think that it's more interesting if they win. First off, because Usos even though even though okay, yes, but even though we do know that Roman Reigns is not going to drop the title here, it does bring into the fact that like it just makes it more intriguing. Like, oh, Gels and Anderson won this match. What kind of crazy stuff are they gonna do when they come into the main event? You know, so it makes sense for them to win, and they absolutely need this win. They do. They really need this win. Um, they won, I think, what, their first match when they got there? Yeah. And then nothing else? And then, well, like, most of their things were, like, interferences or, you know, disqualifications. I just want them to get a good, clean win. Yeah, I just like to see the Usos lose. (laughs) Because when he says, ooh, you say so. And you did say that. No, I said, well, no, at SmackDown I said no. Oos, no! It was fun. Yeah, but at Fathling... Dad, that was so long ago! Give me a break! I'm surprised you didn't paint your face like that. Ew, no. All right, anyways, following this, uh, we have Dean Ambrose versus Chris Jericho in an asylum match. I really, I'm scared they're going to have Jericho win, but I really think Dean Ambrose needs to. Ambrose needs to win it, but I think Jericho's going to win it. I'm so scared because of this whole 50-50 booking fiasco WWE's gotten itself into because on a normal day, I would say Dean Ambrose is going to win this hands down, but then WWE had to go and have Chris Jericho win at WrestleMania and AJ Styles' WrestleMania debut, so I've kind of lost all faith. Yeah, Chris Jericho's contract didn't call for him to win so many matches, and I think he's going to win this one. Which is stupid. Um, United States Championship match, Kalisto versus Rusev. I want Rusev to win. Who do you think's going to win? Rusev, because... So much more can happen with that title on his waist than it is on Callisto's waist. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Cesaro and him? I hope Cesaro actually don't win this Intercontinental title. We'll get to that. I would love for him to him and Rusev start feuding for the um, U.S. title. Interesting. And Callisto needs to get back to tag team because he's not a good um, single. He's a great singles wrestler, but he hasn't been booked right. He needs some time to recover. Yeah, he needs, um, he needs to beat up on Tyler Breeze. Do you think that when John Cena returns, he's going to go to the main event scene or try for the U.S. title again? He's got to go to the main event scene because Seth Rollins not too far behind, and you put those two guys back in it, automatically the, you got main event stuff, Yeah, even though they just came back. So you don't think uh, John Cena is going to go for the U.S. title again? No, that would be crazy. Um... 
Because he, honestly, he did so much to elevate that title. And it's a shame what they did with the title after he lost it. They don't need his help anymore. I think what they really need to do is solidify the world championship right now. Yeah. Even if he's got to try to put Roman Reigns over, which he could. Because Cena Cena can put on some great matches. He can carry a match. But I'm hoping that he'll do that till him, AJ Styles, and Seth Rollins get into some kind of feud amongst the three of them as a and the winner will fight Roman Reigns for another title in, Fascinating. A few, in a few more months. Okay, after this we have the New Day versus the Vaudevillains. Do you think this is where the New Day drops the tag titles? Yes. Really? Yes. See, they've, I, they've, I, had it, they've had it long enough. Um, it would be nice for them to lose it and probably get it back from... And I think the Vaudevillains needs to win it so Anderson and Gallows can win it next go-around. You see, what I'm thinking is... Uh, this is this is super long-term booking right here, but <laughs> what, I, what, what I imagine like the cycle of the tag team championships to be is Vaudevillains win from the New Day, mm-hmm. Enzo and Cass win from the Vaudevillains, Mm-mm. Gallows and Anderson win from Enzo and Cass, Gallows and Anderson feud with the New Day. That would be all right, but Enzo's see, not coming back anytime soon. Did you not see a segment where Cass said that Enzo is ready to go soon? Uh, yeah, but I'd really prefer not to see it. Okay, well, your your messed up logic mm. aside. Uh, after this, we have a fatal four-way for the IC title: The Miz versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro. Get over it. Versus Sami Zayn. Who do you have walking away? Um, honestly, I think The Miz is going to walk away. Really? Yes. I wish he walks away with it. See, this is where we're going to disagree. I think Cesaro is going to get it. I hope not because I want to. I want to see Cesaro. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but I would like for him not. I would like for him to start concentrating on the U.S. title. No. He no. he would make a fantastic U.S. title. I think he would be a better Intercontinental Champion. I, uh, the way I look at it, the the way the ladder is, it's the World Championship. The WWE uh, Heavyweight Championship, then the U.S. title, then the Intercontinental that's title. That's false. That's not how it works. That's how it should be. No. That's how, that's, that really is how it well, should be. Well, intercontinental, multiple continents over the United States. The United States is not that great, Dad. <laughs> that the, well, when the you think title... about it, you think about past Intercontinental Championships. You have Macho Man Randy Savage. You have the Ultimate Warrior. It's a stepping stone to the World Heavyweight Championship. It, it goes, the, the hierarchy is Tag Team U.S., I see world heavyweight. That's how it works. But it's but then the wrong guys are fighting for the the intercontinental championship. So you mean to tell me right now the Miz deserves a shot at the championship? No, I'm not. I it, I'm not saying that's how it works now. But I'm saying that the intercontinental in my eyes, okay, okay, the intercontinental championship it's is a stepping stone. No, you just said it was. Well, I meant like historically, it's been a stepping stone. But what it is, it's the upper mid card. Like the like the uber upper mid card, like the best of the best in the mid card, and then in like the solid mid card, you have the United States title. Not counting John Cena's run with it because that was them trying to elevate it from what it had become, right? And then tag team divisions its own separate thing, as is the women's division. See, I would like the Miz to hold on to that title because it's it's good to have, like you said, a mid card. But I would like to see Cesaro, Rusev, even Kevin Owens go for the U.S. title. Oh, and that's not happening. Why not? Because Kevin Owens has like a fixation with the IC title. No, he just has fix- a fixation with any kind of title. I know, but US, no. He's already, no. Yes. Uh, I see, no. Kevin Owens is going to go for something that looks like a briefcase, in my opinion. No, that, no the, the, the briefcase should go to AJ Styles. Okay, moving on. So you have The Miz retaining. I have Cesaro winning it. Uh, Charlotte versus Natalia. 
I have Charlotte too. Yes. Do you think? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so tired of you right now. Do you think that Charlotte is going to turn on Ric Flair? Um, I wish it would be nice. Do you think it's? Do you think it could happen at Extreme Rules? Yeah, because there's not because there's nothing else that um, he can do for her. Not not only that, but there's there's nothing else exciting about this whole card. That that would be the talk of the. Um, that'd be the talk of the whole. I think it would also it would also give Charlotte a lot of he- good heel heat that she could carry with her because i think that rick flair's done all he could all he can for her in storyline out of storyline it's time for her to stand on her own she can definitely do it i think this is a good a good chance for her to get heat and get him out of the storyline in the process yeah because he does need to go yeah okay now we have an extreme rules match for the wwe world heavyweight championship roman reigns versus aj styles we both have, I know, Roman Reigns retaining. What do you, what is going to, what's the swerve? Oh, wow. Um, what's going to be the little asterisk that appears at the end of this match? Uh, I don't want to say interference anymore because that's all that, that's all everybody's expecting. Um, do you think that Gallows and Anderson are going to turn on Styles? No, I think Finn Balor will. Do you think he's going to make a debut tonight? Or Sunday night? I do. I really hope so. I have been, <laughs> dad, you've been, okay, so uh, before every pay-per-view, I like text my dad like what I I want to happen how long have i been saying finn balor needs to debut tonight finn balor needs to debut tonight i've been doing this for months now you can attest to this see but this would be not this would not be a the perfect time but it would be a great time do you see aj styles and finn balor feuding that would be sick i would like to see that up until wrestlemania but i i just uh i mean if you if finn balor comes up and you have aj styles seth rollins comes back dean ambrose is already is already big. Yeah, four guys who who don't have a title to their name but are better than the champion itself. I mean, I think in the first five minutes, each of those five guys can do three times as many moves as Roman Reigns would do for an entire match. I mean, I would hate for the world championship be laid on uh, Roman Reigns' waist when you have the possibility of Balor, Styles, um... Ambrose, Rollins when he comes back, and even John Cena. He's um, even though he's been gone for a while, he can he can still put on a great match. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Seth Rollins put on a great series of matches. When do you think uh, Seth Rollins is going to come back? He's set to come back like basically any week now. Do you think he could come back at Extreme Rules, or do you think he's going to make a surprise Raw return? And how do you think he's going to come back? I would like for him to come back and call and cause Roman Reigns to lose. That's the only way I can see him coming back. Do you think he's going to come back as a face or a heel? Whatever WWE tries to have him as, he's, he's going to get gonna, cheered. He's going to get cheered anyways. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Um. Before we sign off, um, who would you want to have in a Money in the Bank match? In the Money in the Bank match, I I kind of came up with my little list. My list I want in the match: AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin. That's who I want in the match. Oh wow! How many people have to be in that match? Like eight. Well, let's uh, let's just do one better. Yeah. I know everybody who listens to this has watched Sesame Street when they were younger. What? Yeah. Okay. And you remember that little segment that they have, one of these don't belong here? Now you said AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin. Yes. Which one of those does not belong in that class of wrestlers and athletes? What? What are you go, saying? Go, just, just, no, I just... You need to have a good balance of heels and faces. Okay. And... Who would you put in in, in his place? You know who, do you know which one I'm talking about? You talking about Baron Corbin? Yes, I am. Dang it. Okay. Who would I put in, in place of Baron Corbin? Yeah. Let me see. 
They have to be a heel. Um, Tyler Breeze. Why? Because he needs a shot and he'll be the first one gone. That's so mean. <laughs> That's so mean. But it makes sense. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm it torn. It sort of makes sense, doesn't it? I, I mean, but yeah, but what has he done to earn a shot? I mean, he's on like a three-match winning streak right now, but... Well, what has Zack Ryder done to get that shot at the Intercontinental title? I didn't say that made sense. I criticized okay, it. This doesn't make sense either. Ugh. So you put Tyler Breeze in there, and he'll be the um, everybody roots for the underdog until he gets taken out. Whatever. By okay. anybody. Whatever. And everybody. Okay. He will be the first man down. Okay, or I know. Everybody will beat up on one another, and he'll be the last man before oh somebody my wins. God, his money that would be. Now tell me how that would fare. That would be cool. I would like that. Okay, okay so Money in the Bank. Three people you would want to hold that briefcase. AJ Styles. Yes. Who else? Seth Rollins again. Mm. Yes. I just want him to win the title. I don't. I, I think. It, think about the intrigue. I can think of more intrigue for other people. Okay, and Kevin Owens. Okay, that would be. It would be so much fun watching Kevin Owens just run around talking trash with the Money in the Bank briefcase. My three people, uh, like you, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. I want Dean Ambrose. That wouldn't be bad. Uh huh. See, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right, everyone. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. There's a lot of news that's happened in the week. You can just check my blog if you want to see what's going on. Follow me on Twitter at GirlTalkWWE. You can also follow my personal account where I live tweet from at not underscore Gabriella. My dad doesn't exist on the internet, so you can just wait until the next time I come home to see him on my podcast, Dad. Thank you for being here. Hey, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. Uh Uh-huh. Go Charlotte. Crush Natty. Okay. You had to mess it up there. Okay. Thank you guys so much, everyone. Um, by the way, you should also check out my new podcast exclusively about tag team wrestling at the Hot Tags. Follow it on Twitter. Also give a follow to the awesome people gave me a shot at this at the Fans Podcast. This is super cool. I'm doing a lot of fun stuff. It's great, you guys. You can also check me out. I was on, uh, Smack Talk by SmartOutMoment.com, their latest episode for round three of their Sexiest Superstars tournament. I gave my case for Seth Rollins winning it all. (laughs) It's very funny, guys. Definitely tune in for that. I'm everywhere. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Enjoy Extreme Rules.